I have a, a thought just came to mind. So I'm on Instagram, right? Wait, before, let me just preface this. So, okay, I'm on Instagram. And you know how, like, ugly Christmas sweaters, it's like a thing? Whatever. But then there's this ad for ugly Diwali sweaters. And what? And I was just like, wait, what are they? Ugly Diwali sweaters? Diwali? Yeah, it's just another holiday, but it's not, like, a Western holiday. Oh my bad. <laughs> but I was just like, bro, the fact that like people will probably get read for filth for making ugly Diwali sweaters, yet ugly Christmas sweaters are just like, oh yeah, whatever. <laughs> so weird. I mean, you know, like Okay, you know how like black people can say nigga. Like white people can do whatever quirky shit they want with their shit. But, like, the rest of us are held hostage because if we do it, it's like, looks racially dicey. Mm-hmm. You know? It's not the same thing at all. That's a terrible comparison. But, like, it's the same sort of thing, you know? Like, where it's, like, like white culture can, like, make jokes about race and stuff and have it be cool. Like, white people can joke about white people in, like, a room full of white people. But if I'm in a room full of white people and I make a joke about black people, it's pretty awkward. Mm-hmm. You know? I can't, but I'm trying to look the same. Yeah. I don't know. It's just. What do you think of the election? Um. What? Do... It's not over. <laughs> that's not even what I said you said what do you think about the like that's what I'm thinking like I can't I don't really think Mm -hmm. right now I think that um, less than one what the fuck what new there's only 3,000 votes (laughs) Trump is less than one Oh my God! In Georgia, there's only three thousand votes separating Biden and Trump. It's like a really small amount. Yeah, it's like less than point one percent. Are you surprised that it's this close? Not that like, like okay, I'm not surprised that I wouldn't be surprised if either one of them won. But like, why is all? Why are all elections like? Not all elections are close, but like. Doesn't it feel like we have close elections? Yeah. Like, does that just mean our country is extremely divided? Yeah. Quite literally. I mean, there's nothing really else to say. I think the thing is now that, is that there are states, you know, swing states, are literally just states that have new people moving into them that kind of balk against the sort of traditional sort of, not even like racial makeup, but just cultural makeup of states. Like, Texas was for play because, you know, a lot of Democrats are starting to, like, go to Houston, go to Dallas. And, like, of course, of states that take in a lot of new immigrants, I can't even say all immigrants are Democrat because of the Cubans now, but, like, they're up for play what? and they radicalized to either side. So, and then in terms of, like, the entire country, like, like I don't know, because... I'm sitting here, I don't really fuck with the electoral college, but it's not like the popular vote itself is like 
three percentage points difference between the two. So it's not even like there's that much difference there either. But saying that we need to stop blaming the Electoral College and start blaming the racist Americans. Yeah. I mean, the Electoral College shouldn't be, it doesn't really make any sense. And <laughs> it's weird because, you know, in this sort of election, the Electoral College is helping us because it's like the divide between Trump and Biden in terms of Electoral College votes is not 3%, but within the Electoral College it is. But it doesn't really make any sense as an organization anymore. Because, mm-hmm. like, you can make the argument for voter suppression either way. There's like 40% of New York voted for Trump. Their vote doesn't count, but also like 30% of Wyoming voted for Biden and their vote doesn't count. It doesn't make any sense, but no one is really divided. Does it even out? Oh, I mean, Biden definitely would have won. Been declared victor, um, winner already for just a popular vote, but also... It's a pretty uh, over five million or something, right? Yeah, I think it's four, it's not. Five, I think it's like four point five. Last time I saw, I think it just crossed. Uh, let me look at it now. It is seventy three million to sixty nine. But like, I don't really know. The country is divided, and. It's weird because we're asking, I've been, I mean, my research, it like, part of it is listening to people on the other side. And we're just honestly, both sides are focusing on different things where they're, where they're right. Like the left is right about all these sort of human rights issues and all this other stuff. But then the right's also right that if you're working a manufacturing job in the middle of America, you you're and you're about to lose your job because of new environmental regulations or like the sort of i don't know market effect like making the market efficient in terms of manufacturing it means getting rid of people who work on that bottom level you're also scared because america hasn't invested in education so a lot of people just find themselves with these like in and out blue collar jobs if you don't live in these coastal sort of states or these democratic states that put a lot of or like significantly more resources into education they're like yo 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 i never learned to care about all these social issues in school so all i really know all i was really taught how to do was do my my job and i'm about to lose it if we go down this road of like making everything you know what the educated people say they should be like you know 15 15 wages they're not gonna, that's not gonna hurt the ultra rich. That's just gonna hurt the bottom, the entry level workers who are gonna go from having 10 people to having five just so they can maintain costs. And a lot of these measures to like, you know, even out the economy, the rich people have found a way to put that cost on the people on the bottom. And we, on the left, we don't really deal with that or, you know, come up with ways to get around it because rich people have so much power and influence and lawyers that are able to find their ways around anything that we propose. So it's like, there's things on both, like both sides have, you know, there are areas where they're making sense and feel like the other side isn't listening. 
And that's what's able to create all this polarization because we keep on feeding deeper and deeper into the pockets where we're right without, you know, acknowledging the pockets where we're wrong. And I get that, but I don't totally feel white people's beef with Joe Biden because I feel like he's not even that progressive. Like, isn't it like, yeah, it's like not even a little bit ironic that he's a white man. Like, it's like so (laughs) like expected at this point. Like, why couldn't y'all just vote for the white man? I don't think it's a beef, more so the fact that a lot of conservative white people are like, why, you know, I don't know. It's weird. The way that I've been thinking about it, I can't write this way because, you know, it's flawed. But it's like, it's it's literally team logic. If there's a winner and there's a loser, there's been a historic winner, conservative white men, and a historic loser, everyone else. And it's like, they're looking at Biden and they're like, you're on the winning team. You can, you have the institutional support to do whatever, to say what you actually mean and say what you actually stand for. Cause we know you're not like, they bring up his past all the time. Cause like Biden's a moderate. It's very obvious that he has a lot in common with, with like moderate conservatives. So it's like, and he like completely rejects that part of him because you know, media is so progressive and he's going to get reamed out by the Democrats if he doesn't, you know, appeal to like the progressive left. So that's why a lot of white people who are conservative are like, no, I would support by, cause like a lot of people on the right don't like Trump. Like they realize he's ineffective. He's has a lot of problems. He's like a narcissist. Like they realize that, but they also re- don't want Biden who's going to be beholden to like, in actuality, a minority opinion in the country, which is like progressivism is, there's not, a lot of people don't really see themselves fitting into that sort of way of thinking. And they see him like constantly making appeals to that group of people. And they're like, you're not going to stand with us. When we, when we're, when we say, Hey, you know, we're going to lose something. I don't know what the progressive, what, what's like a, I haven't gotten that deep into it because I'm just listening to academics, but they're like, hey, we agree that all people should have rights, but I don't think, like, there's a proposition in California that in every head of a company that's, that's like, headed in California, they have to have, like, two out of five people need to be marginalized voice. No, two out of five need to be women. One needs, one out of five, like, there's, like, new rules that are, like, mandating that the heads of companies have to be diverse. And they're like, I don't really agree that that should be, like they're picking up on like the fringe ideas that have been implemented. And they're like, we, I don't agree with that. And then using that to represent the totality of what the progressive left believes in. But then we're also doing that to them in some ways where it's like people are like, we do a lot of demonization of groups based off of fringe voices that we hear. And in reality, majority of them are just not educated or like not really thinking about the things that we're saying are so important and vital to their identity. And they're doing the same thing to us. So they see Biden as appealing to that fringe voice so that's why they're going for trump because you know at least everyone behind trump represents 
their views versus everyone behind Biden not, or like a good portion of them not. I think that's still a pretty twisted worldview because anyone who thinks that is a part of a pretty like inherently fringe group. Like it's a very pretty isolationist way of thinking, you know, even if it is like a decent sized amount of people, like you have a big group, but if y'all just don't fuck with anyone, like, cause like, I feel like they think a lot of people are part of that fringe group. Like there'll be like, oh, it's like black people. Like, they have these crazy opinions about us, us white people. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That's what it is. Fuck it. It's weird. But social media definitely plays a large role in it because it's like a lot of people like us, a lot of marginalized people, a lot of people of color, and a lot of people on the left have made a transition from, you know, their main source of information coming from cable and newspapers and social media and people on the right haven't made that that sort of transition as abruptly so now we have separate media channels where we're able to create these separate sort of views of the world and no one and because we're all like you know at home because of coronavirus but also just naturally not going out as much as we used to we're not getting any sort of interaction with people that we disagree with so it kind of just supports this idea that everyone, that like the other side is just innately bad, when in reality, there's probably a lot of room where we agree on that we're not focusing on because it's not making media heads any money to foster community or some sort of like consensus. Wow. You're giving all lives matter. <laughs> I'm joking. Nathan, what is on your mind other than serious shit? Nothing really. Wow, so you just been stressing. No, I've been so I've been really relaxed. Just sitting in your room meditating? No, just sleeping. I've been Watching the Parkers. It's a really nice show. It brings me back to my childhood. I've been, um, I got pizza today. I got a free Domino's thing because I've been ordering. So I got that. And mm-hmm. now I've been keeping up with the election. And the thing is that, you know, my paper talks about perspectives of the election. And it's just like Biden's. The overwhelming evidence is that Biden's going to win, but people feel like Trump won. And it's just really weird how, like, everyone, even people that, like, everyone I talk to has probably voted for Biden. But it's like, they're all just like, yeah, he's not going to go. He won. And it's just like, that's exactly what Trump uses to maintain power. And it's kind of scary. But mm-hmm. the election things look nice. Everything is moving to the mail in ballots that favor Biden. Nevada, someone said like 90% of the missing ballots are from the Las Vegas area where Biden was winning by like a four to one margin. And he's already leading. So he's probably, once he wins Nevada, he wins the election. Pennsylvania is also moving. Georgia is within 9,000 votes. So everything seems to be trending towards Biden, Biden winning this election. So I don't have to worry about that. And... 
Yeah, I don't know. I think I'm just kind of moving on to like, okay, we have someone in the office who's at least going to attempt to listen to, you know, people (laughs) on this side of the aisle. So it's like, how are we going to, what kind of growth or what can we see in the next four years with someone who's going to at least purports to listen to us? And if that's going to be reality or if, you know, this whole sort of narrative of good guy, bad guy is really just two guys in the middle who are just going to not really do anything for people on the, on the you know, deep in the sides of each fence. Because the far right, they were upset with Trump. Let me tell you, they were like, you didn't do enough. You weren't racist enough. And, you know, that sounds mm-hmm. great to us, but it's like, when you really look at it, Trump didn't really, like, he wasn't really effective in anything he did. And I fear the same for Biden that, you know, with the country being so divided, what is his power really going to be to affect actual change? Because, like, the Senate's still up a toss-up. I mean, we have the House, but that was always going to happen. So it's like, damn. We might just be in a, a flip situation. And then we'll be sitting here still complaining. And still wanting more and probably never getting it until we are, you know, older and then we're the establishment. And then there's like a new group of young people who are just like, everything that you want is just so laced in the past and we moved on. And then we're going to have to be like those people who are like demonized (laughs) and everyone's not really listening to it's like it's kind of like a never-ending battle for us we never get that happy medium where everything just works out (laughs) i really think we could be the generation to transcend that really yeah i do i think that we're the one we are it like the real cell phone babies like come on bro like, we had the iPhones, and we took that shit, and we made your culture. We gave that to you. And this is how you repay us? I don't know. Gen Z. I'm not co-signing. What about, what about the radio generation? What about the television generation? Man, see, them niggas, though, the difference is we were booming on the internet. Mm. But I feel like in the future, there's going to be future inventions that may even just like. And they're going to be cool too. What I'm saying is this is our own 1920s, like roaring 20s. Like, (laughs) why are you acting like, okay. (laughs) Wait, can you explain? Okay, yeah. But like, I don't see human process stopping here. And if we're going to progress, eventually these ideas we have now are going to get old. And they're going to be new ideas that buck against even the things that we're thinking relatively on the fringe of the left. Like, it's going to get old eventually. And we're going to have to, and we're going to have the same kind of discussions about, hey, I don't know, it's in the future. I don't know what the topic's going to be, but we're not. This is not, we're not over. This isn't done. <laughs> Unless, you know, the planet explodes within the next 50 years, which is a possibility. Hey, I'm here for it, baby. <laughs> but I don't know. The United States of nothing. 
Hello, Wisconsin. Hanging out down the street. Do you know that song? No. Same old day. It's a theme song to that 70s show that we did last week. It's a good ass show. Have you ever seen that? I've seen, like, I passed by it, but I never actually sat down and watched it. The 70s show is so fun. Oh my god, Trump won North Carolina. Can we just stop acting like it's still up for play? This is ridiculous. North Carolina. Trump, uh, I don't want to bore you with numbers, but there's like 300,000 votes left, and Trump is up 75,000 votes. Now, if y'all are going to pull 175,000 out of three, wait. That's not 300,000. That's like 210,000 of the remaining votes have to be for Biden for that nigga to win. It's not happening. We it, It's done. It's, we'll basically, it. so it's basically done. It's basically done. But then I, people could say the same thing about Pennsylvania, but it's been moving. So, oh, I can't say their, I can't say their name because this, this, um, this information is not public until she, they told me tomorrow. But um, I know someone who works, who got recruited to work on Biden's transition team, like an adult, like someone in their 40s who I know and work closely with. Mm-hmm. And this person worked on Ob- the Obama administration. They they said they were, they were recruiting a lot of the same people. But um, that's pretty cool. Yeah, he has his website up. Build back better. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. It's weird. It's really weird because, you know, the people speaking up about, you know, all these inequities are kind of like less affected by them, by the people who are actually going through them and not, you know, on Twitter talking about it. So like if Biden appeals to like, you know, the the slacktivists, I wonder if they're going to like how they're going to deal with that where it's like, if they're going to be taken care of, are they going to like, you know, all of a sudden be like, you know what, all this talk about, you know, homeless trans youth, I'm getting tired of it. He's doing, he's doing something. Or are they going to be like, you know, hey. No, I saw that on Twitter that someone said the moment that Trump loses all the liberals, it was a meme. It was a picture of like, um, you know, the girl from Toy Story throwing Woody. They had Woody and had to be like, a cab, Black Lives Matter, fucking, there was all that shit. They were like, they were like, this is liberals the moment Trump loses. This is like, they only care about that shit when it looks good to. That's true. But then, I mean, then there's an alternate argument that it's like, what? I don't know how to word. I've been trying with these to word these conservative thoughts that I've been listening to in ways that make some remnant of sense. But it's like, it's innately against human nature to um, sacrifice yourself for someone else that you consider not to be, you know, even like outside of family is like where the first divide is, but outside like your group. So, it doesn't really make sense for those who have power to care about those who don't. Yeah. So it's like that argument kind of like, 
it kind of just encapsulates why we still have all these questions that remain unanswered about like how come white people are just so blatantly racist or how come all this stuff is happening to us and they don't care but also with biden moving into that position it pushes all of us closer to being in power especially like here in cornell and like in these institutions so it's like are we going to reach a point where we just kind of are satisfied enough in our own lives to just realize that there's always going to be a group that's going to be at the bottom of the pyramid, whatever the pyramid is, and we should just work to move the pyramid up? Or is it always just going to be taking from the top and giving to the bottom? Which is what I think should happen. But I think a lot of moderates, they just want to move they just want to make aggregate, you know, standard of living higher. Completely relying on taking from the top and giving to the bottom can be dangerous, I think, though, because a lot of times, like, rich people will, like, use philanthropy as a front. And it's like, we're philanthropists, but really they're just, like, embezzling money and shit, you know? Mm-hmm. But it's like, weird, because, like, then you have the middle. <clears throat> what do you have to say? No, I was gonna say it's like kind of like why trickle down economics doesn't work, I think, you yeah. know. But then like the middle right now is so focused on the fact that the top isn't giving enough. And it kinda is kind of a front to be like when it's like, why aren't you giving? And like I think that there's a truth in the fact that if we really want to see all these inequities go, everyone has to be willing to make sacrifices. But yeah we're kind of at the stage where a lot of people around us are like, I'm not going to make sacrifices until they make sacrifices. And then the people on the top are like, I don't need to make sacrifices because I can just, your words have no actual effect on my life because I have all these resources. So it's like, if we keep on arguing about who moves first, we're never going to get that actual movement. And we are stuck. Perpetually. Perpetually. It's less than 1% now. Spicy. I cannot... I don't know how we live in a world where Florida's Republican, yet Georgia is this close. (laughs) I'm telling you. Bro, did you see on the shit with, like, Texas earlier? Like... Texas is red right now, I know, and I know it's, like, finished, but wasn't it, like, gonna, like, didn't it look like Texas was going blue or something? Yeah, towards the beginning. Until 5 p.m. Yep, they already are completely, I still don't get this whole argument about, like, there's just some arguments that are so dumb. Like, uh, we can't, we need to elect our college because then the cities would, de- would decide all the elections where it's like, there are dead-ass Republicans that live in every city. That is just, it's just not true. But it's like, it could be sold as true. Ooh. I'm looking at it now. Yeah, there's still some counties in Texas that still need counting, but most of them are done. Republicans. So fucking ridiculous. <laughs> Erie County. Just like the Biden. Ooh. Oh, wait, you said Perry County? 
Erie. Oh, I, I was gonna say Perry County in Pennsylvania. Joe, no, bro. I like nah, bro. Like seventy-four percent Trump in Perry County. <laughs> bro, I know what it's like there. I think that a lot of I'm looking at um the margins right now, and a lot of counties in Pennsylvania are moving to the towards Biden. Like, even the counties that Trump won, they're moving. He won by less of a margin. Which is weird. I was driving through Pennsylvania to get back here, and it'll literally be, like, billboards that are just, like, Biden wants to kill your babies, and then it's, like, Trump is a racist, like, not even five, like, driving seconds after each other. Pennsylvania's crazy. Pennsylvania's low-key one of those states, you know? Those states that are, like, divided? It's just, no, it's one of those states you got to look out for. Outside the election? Huh? Outside the election? Does this look like a cat? I didn't see cat at first. I guess, like, I saw the ears. The mouth. This is the mouth, and these are the eyes. And this is the nose. These are the eyes. This is the mouth. And these are whiskers, kind of. I see the whiskers. I see the nose formation. I think I'm missing an outline. I feel like if it was outlined, I would see it. But also, I get like... It's a very abstract cat. Yes. And here is... This Christmas fellow. Merry Christmas. It's a Christmas tree. You took the words out of my mouth. Um, let's see. I have really accomplished one thing for sure this semester. And I don't know if you remember from our first episode, but our lock goals. Oh, my new growth is insane right now, Nathan. I have like nine new locks coming in and they're all great. Like I literally have like nine coming in at once. Catching up. cool? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. A lot of mines have been congoing and I just been letting it happen. Yeah, it's fun to let it happen, isn't it? Isn't it fun to let your locks congo? That's some of the best, like, some of the coolest ones are like that, you see? Nathan, we, like, have been on a hair journey for a while now. I what everyone else is saying. What'd you say? I'm just looking at... Okay. 
Tomorrow is Friday. That's so crazy. Tomorrow does not feel like Friday. <laughs> yeah. What the hell? Would you be up for a round of niggas be lying? Sure. Like the good old days? I feel like it's been a minute, hasn't it? Yeah. I'm fine. Wait, before we do that, look, my hair is twisted. Maya did this. Ooh. How long are you going to keep them in? Uh, they've been in a few days now. I'll probably take them out soon. Mm-hmm. They look good. They feel good, too. The, she did a good job. Oh, her. Her magic. Her power. What'd you say? Her power. It's really fun to have your significant other twist your locks. That's a good feeling. Yeah. Really good feeling. Okay, so do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Mm, you can decide. Okay. The proposition. Mm. I will I'm trying to think of a story. <laughs> I'm a little rusty probably. Mm. Okay, so one time I was um okay, okay, okay. This was back when I lived in Uj. This is a good one. So I had to do my laundry and you know the laundry rooms in Uj. It's like four machines in there. Well four dryers. There's four washers too, right? Yeah. And one of them's broken. <laughs> but anyway. I went down there. I wanted to do my laundry, right? And so I go down, and one of them was broken, like I said. And one of them was in use. And another one had someone's wet clothes in it. And I was like a freshman, so I'm not taking someone's clothes out. The last one, it was like open. And this dude's underwear was on top of it. And like people legitimately leave their dirty underwear in the laundry room. Uj is kind of a crazy place to live. Some of the niggas in Uj are disgusting. And it's like, I don't know how y'all got to this fucking university. But like, that's like when I knew the Ivy League was bullshit was when I saw that fucking dirty ass pair of underwear in the Uj laundry machine. I was so upset. This is not what I came all the way to Cornell for. (laughs) So what I ended up doing though, because I didn't want to touch the machine. I don't know. I just like, I guess I could have. Still used it, but I really didn't even want to touch, like, that wasn't, you know, kind of killed it for me. So I went back upstairs to wait, but as I was leaving, I saw someone walk in. And I'm assuming that this person, I might have been their underwear. I don't know if it was to this day. I don't know, because they weren't going in with laundry in them, which is how I know they weren't starting a load. And they didn't have a basket, like, they were getting dry clothes. So I'm assuming this person forgot something. But, like, now I look at this person, and I'm like, wow, you really put your dirty underwear on that machine. And I'm, like, 
60% certain it's you. And I don't feel like I need to say that person's name here, but wow. I mean, it was me. Thank you for airing me out on air. This is a true mm-hmm. story. You think that was a true story and that it was you? Yeah. Wait, I did not say true to both of those statements, but one of them is true. Which one? Up for debate. I say it's a true story. You think that story is true? Yeah. It's false. Made it up. Niggas be lying. Back at it. Kobe. I mean, but that did happen. I remember. <laughs> No, that definitely has happened, but I made that story up. No, I was the person. I remember you walking out, and I was like, shit. Left my dungarees on the, on the washing machine. Huh. Maybe that did happen. Good. I, you're very covert for saying it's a false story. You know, you're, you're trying to protect me in, in my image. It's, I made that story up, but it, maybe it happened. No, no. <laughs> Wait, are you serious? <laughs> I made it up. I know, but you're not playing alone. <laughs> oh, I see. I'm just slow. Um, okay. That was a decent story, though. How did I do? I feel like I'm a lot of time stalling. A lot last season. Every time you lie so, um, you know, abruptly like that, I learn more and more about how you lie. So it was a good story. So you can learn more about me. Okay, so this was a couple of days ago, and at this point of semester, I'm camera off in most classes. But I was like in this class, one of the classes in my major, and then the professor like abruptly called on me. And then I was like, I rather like, we were like friendly. So I'm like, let me turn on my camera. Then I realized my desk lamp wasn't on. So like I had, I turned it on. I like quickly turned it on cause I have like the smart lamp, but it was still on last night's setting. So like when I turned it on, it was like, instead of being white, it was blue. And then I just like quickly turned on my camera and answered his question. And then my professor like, he jumped a little when <laughs> when he saw me. He's like, oh, I thought you were... And he, like, made some joke about me looking like a Martian. And then we moved huh? our lives. Why do professors talk to their black students like middle schoolers? Mm, no. <laughs> That's a true story. No, that was a false story. Oh, okay. It was a, you did a good job then. Thank you. I bought it. I mean, it had all the, the sprinklings of something that would really happen. It did. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now it's my turn. Um, Let's see. So, let me get one real quick. So Maya and I were at Wagmans, right? And I was looking for snickerdoodles, you know, I'm the Betty Crocker cookies. So they sell them at Nasties, but they only have the chocolate chip ones there. I was looking for snickerdoodles. Um, the Betty Crocker snickerdoodles are cool because they're really easy to cook and they give you a nice cinnamon packet in the container. But um, so I'm looking for them, right? And I couldn't find them at Wegmans, but while I was looking for them, 
I found something really nice that reminded me of like a before time, which was these little sugar cookies with like the holiday seasons on them. You know, it's like little shits in the middle, like like the pumpkin in the middle or like the reindeer or something or a snowman. You know those cookies? We got those and they were really tasty. We get the pumpkin ones and we made them. That's nice. That's my story. Um, okay, well, Maya was here. You guys were doing bake. You already told me you guys were baking. Cake and the... It's a lot of baking, but I don't know what couples would do during quarantine. I'm going to say it's a true story. That was a true story. Okay. Nathan's up to one. Um, let me think. Mm-hmm. Anthony, do you like Honey Jack? I don't even know what that is. Is that cereal? Oh, it's alcohol. Oh, no. I haven't tried it. Um... Okay, this next story is, um, so, oh, what angle do I want to go at this from? Hmm. So, I, um, like earlier in October, I did my senior pictures. So it was honestly around that time, life was just not really looking. I was just, I was going through it. And then I was like, great. So I did like, I had to get dressed up and go do senior pictures and act like everything was good. So, you know, I do that. And then I go in, I, I throw on my smile, I take my pictures and then, you know, I abruptly leave. And then I got the um, the proofs of the pictures today, and I wasn't really, I kind of did my hair last minute, so I wasn't really sure how it was going to look on camera, but then I got my pictures today, and it actually, I think it came out pretty good. It was, at least my hair, at least, I was like, you know what, I did that in three minutes, but it was pretty fire, and I was happy with it. That's really good that you like them. Oh shit, my computer's about to die. I think that was um I think that was a true story. No, it's false. I hated my hair. It was over my eye. How was <laughs> I was like like literally every single picture, one of my baby locks was over my eye. I was like, oh my god. I still brought them though, because whatever, but I was gonna I, of course I was going to hate those pictures. All I see is, I, I literally look at them and just see how depressed I was. <laughs> um, sorry, Nathan. Oh, good. You see how easy it is to change your perception? <laughs> yeah, if I was, if I thought about it that way in reality, I would probably be happy with them. Oh, man. What do you have to do after this? Nothing. I'm probably gonna settle down. 
maybe go to sleep, maybe just watch something. Is there a reason? <laughs> no, it's just here. Yeah. It might be in your area. You wanted to say hi, but it's just cool. It's so funny, Nathan. I'm 21 now. No one has to buy me backwards anymore. That's crazy. Did you buy them yet? I mean, I've gotten alcohol a few times. I got Maya's bottle of wine we drank last night. Mm. There's another bottle I got. This is the alcohol I was asking you about, Nathan. This um, this is what I asked if you like. It's like one of my favorite alcohols. No, no, I've never tried it. I will keep you drinking this shit. <laughs> oh, I don't know. The way alcoholism actually runs in my family, all the romanticization of alcohol just is like out of my head. <laughs> I know everything. I know everything. Know myself. I know morality, spirituality, good and bad health. After this, I might listen to Tampa Butterfly. I might listen to some Kendrick after this, honestly. Mm. That's... Wow, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to listen to some Tampa Butterfly. Because after this, I'm going to run to the ATM and get some cash so I can hit my plug. Mm. I, I, I am. Um, I'm so happy that... um. Because Cornell really gave me $8,000 acting like I don't have a spending issue, but I stopped myself. Uh, nice. I saved 6000 of the 8000 That's really good. Mm-hmm. I think that's really good, and I think you should be proud of that. Yeah, self-control. But I mean, I don't think anyone's really surprised that, you know, me of all people know how to you know, control themselves. But sometimes I don't. And that's where things get scary. I just think it's all about sensitivities. There's certain areas where anyone, where like you can control yourself because it's the like, it's not that weighted. There's no like sort of, you know, weight. But then there's other areas where there's weight and then you're not able to control yourself or you're able to control yourself more. Preach. Yo, nigga, preach. 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 These girls are too nasty. You know that song? Preach by Drake. (laughs) (laughs) You not too know that song. I don't know. The reason I said that, no, honestly, though, Nathan, I couldn't remember what it was called. I couldn't remember what it was called. (laughs) I know the word. Yeah. Okay. It li- what are you saying? How do you not know the name? I'm in Miami. Look, this is something I am. Um, this is a little reference track I recorded.
Did you like that? I know you couldn't hear the music. I mostly got so I could remember the flow, but I did it. I've been talking about my little music shit. Yeah, I mean, I heard the music. It was, yeah, it was a nice undertone. But yeah, I definitely, I can imagine places where you could add some bass hits, where you can add some little. Yeah, that, Nathan, that is all that I got. Like, I literally just played those chords. Like, I didn't have time to put any drums on that shit. But, like, I kind of, what I wanted to have was, right after I said, I said, after I said, I want Drake shit, I'm, like, skinned about these niggas racist, that's where I want the bit drums to come in. Okay. I can see that. Yeah. I trust your judgment on figuring out those moments. Thanks. I'm glad you trust my musical judgment. The bottom of which and wells is a different hell when it's dry because dreams, lies, fine, see them between fame, fine lines. Fuck, am I kidding? That shit all the same. That was like on my first project. You remember that one? It's nothing left? Yeah. The OG. Huh? Left two. I always like the second one more, don't you? There's nothing left too. Say. I don't know. What's I like the at the end. What's your favorite song that I ever released, Nathan? Oh my god! Do you know any of them? <laughs> like I do, but favorite, like favorites, a lot. Your one with Skyla was really good, but that's just because it's both of you. Mm. Um, the end product of I'm I'm gonna call it Sleep Alone because that's how I know it. But the song you put out with that beat, because I'm just going to leave it. Sleep Alone was pretty good. I think I listened to a lot of 2020s because it's like... I'm really glad you like that one. That one, that, that one means a lot. Because, I mean, it's on Spotify. And it's like, I just add it to like my playlist and then all of a sudden, you know, I go from listening to... Crazy in a Whip. Crazy, cra- crazy in a Whip is on Spotify. I added it to my my um, playlist I listen to most of the time. I think it's my best one yet. Ooh. I mean, as you said, you know, musical progression. If, you're, if your newest project isn't where you're at right now, what is it? Old. It's crazy. <laughs> How, like, people literally just come up with a really good album and then just decline. Like, that must be so sad. Yeah, I've been there. I promise it go crazy in the whip. Polaroid, no throwback. Vintage Frank nostalgia. Beauty, my hoe, ultra bad. I'm stupid. Fulgan taught me that that was born to crash. 
Addy Flom off of that, all the way off the road, but I can't change my path. Bro, that song, this producer from home, he posted a beat on his Twitter and was like, he just posted this beat on the Ramblin'. I DM'd him, I was like, bro, I really like that beat. How much do you want for it? He told me, send me, he said, send me $30. I cashed out him $30. He sent me this beat and I put that on there. Oh my God. I promise it go brazy in a whip, yo. Oh, fuck. Oh, never mind. <laughs> what? They got um, some new numbers from Pennsylvania, but nothing changed. Hmm. No idea what I need my cool money. Now we're at 0.9% for Pennsylvania. And point one percent. Man. Oh my god. The thing is that like it's such a twenty twenty thing for things that should be over in a day. <laughs> or things that we have direct dates where they should be over lasting forever. Yes. This is normal. Yes. How y'all living out the day like this shit normal? I laugh it off since I can't fake a smile. Depression's boring. That shit takes a while. <laughs> that one makes me laugh. Do you like these shoes? They look so tiny. <laughs> They're cool though. Is there like bo- like dinosaur bones? Yeah. They look like they look so like um compact. <laughs> uh. Like baby shoes. Large baby shoes. Oh, I miss Tintin. I want to hang out with a cat. Mm-hmm. Nathan, I got to go at eight. Is that okay? I can't really do an after show today. It's shame. Also, you know, now that we're not on Cornell Radio anymore, <laughs> these don't have to be an hour long. We can just... We should be... It's so funny that we're not on there anymore. What's next for us? I know that, like, we both are busy and have shit to do, but, like, what, what what, what do you think? I do like what we're doing, and I see no reason for us to stop. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, for the foreseeable future, like, I like this. Yeah. I don't see us, now that we're off of Cornell Radio, I don't see us stopping, but I also, I kind of, I like where we are, and if we reach a point where we, where we want to take this further, we can, but I don't think we should waste our time being here just focused on building ourselves up to doing other things, making this into a big thing where, you know, we probably have some remnants of fans, two or three, and they mm-hmm. kind of like the fact that we're like, you know, very rudimentary. <laughs> yeah, you know, and those are, those are the guys we do it for, those two or three. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if we have our two or three anymore now that we're off Cornell Radio. <laughs> like, who? I don't. I think we get like normally like four listens an episode, but I don't know if those are like real people or just like bots or something. Mm. No idea. So crazy. I like really kind of took today as a break from work. I'm not even going to lie. I did some work today, but I did not do much work today. Yeah. Me too. 
I did, um, I caught up, I'm one lecture behind in the class, but besides that, yeah, I just, I was just chilling today. My whole thing is, all these jokes about Nevada, they really can't count. <laughs> I don't understand what they're doing. It's been like a long ass time, hasn't it? No, they haven't released anything since 119. <laughs> but whatever. We'll figure out tomorrow. I think tomorrow's the day where something's gonna... So. Something's this... gotta give, right? But Pennsylvania said they're gonna be done tomorrow. Georgia literally has like not even 50,000 more to count. Nevada... I think they might just be able to leave Nevada where it is because Arizona is probably going to be done tomorrow too. Mm. Well, no, yes. mm. 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 Let's call the show so I can talk to you for a couple minutes before I have to go. Okay.